for future economic trends. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to this episode of Econ Talk Kickstart 2023. I'm Lilulu in Beijing. As China walked out of the shadow of the COVID-19 pandemic, governments at all levels have wasted no time in rebooting all sectors of the economy. Policies are in places to attract investment and talents and boost consumption. Taxation and other incentive measures are taken to help pandemic-battled companies to get back on track. And there's a lot more. The International Monetary Fund, in its latest estimation, raised its prediction for China's 2023 GDP by 0.8% to 5.2%. So that means it expects China's economic output to account for 30% of the total global growth this year. And in today's session, we'll look at how these economic policies are panning out and what the path of China's economic rebound look like and how it will cross and interact with the global recovery trajectory. Now, let me introduce to you our guests of the hour. Let me start with Mr. Yao Xing, Secretary General of the CCPIT Commercial Sub-Council. Welcome to the show, Mr. Yao. And Mr. Hu Wei, President and Chief Executive Officer, Bank of China USA and Chairman of China General Chamber of Commerce USA. Welcome to the show, Mr. Hu. Hi. And Mr. Zhang Ning, as always, nice to have you on our show. He is the senior China economist at UBS. So the Chinese economy actually, and the capital markets as well, got off to a pretty positive start for this year, with the spring festival holiday picking up consumption, and the stock markets also had a pretty bullish opening of the year. Uh, in the meantime, we're seeing the Chinese currency exchange rate rising. The market confidence seems to be picking up. So let me start with uh, Mr. Zhang Ning. Looking forward to the whole year, what would be the outlook for the rest of the year? What is your estimation of the first, let's say, Q1 growth? And also, what will be the main growth drivers? Basically, this year, we believe China will enjoy a very decent rebound for growth momentum. From last year, quite a weak 3% growth, to this year, possibly 5% or even higher. Uh, and in particular, if you look at China versus other economies, uh, China now is trending up, that's for sure. But other economies, unfortunately, they may slow down a little bit. Uh, to uh, including the U.S., Europe, and some EMs. So that's why the relative attractiveness of China has increased a lot, uh, which explained a lot about the uh, positive momentum of the investor sentiment and also even for the uh, financial market's performance. So looking forward for this year, we believe uh, uh, the growth rebound uh, of China will be underpinned by three components. The first one is uh, China's uh, very rapid reopening, which could underpin a significant rebound of consumption, especially for services and uh, offline activities. And looking forward, uh, after maybe Q2, Q3, alongside with more household uh, uh, income improvement, together with the sentiment uh, improvement, and uh, even for the release of uh, excess saving, uh, which has accumulated in the past three years, could help further support China's household consumption uh, as a whole. And the second one is the less bad property downturn or stabilization of the property activities. And this year, the key focus will be on boosting home sales, boosting home purchase intention, uh, which could lead to a less bad property sales numbers. Mm -hmm. And the third one, for sure, that will come from the policy support which I believe will elaborate uh, much more uh, in later sessions. 
But in particular, we can see clearly the government uh, now has a big hope for the uh, economy uh, recovering by itself. And then the government may need to ensure a very friendly and uh, so-called the accommodative policy environment uh, to accelerate the pace of the recovery. We can see higher fiscal deficit and uh, even stronger the uh, issuance of uh, special local government bonds uh, and also very decent APO liquidity condition together with continued credit support for SMEs, innovations, green economy, etc., etc. And then we touched upon the topic of uh, a gloomy global outlook, which provides an uncertainty in the external environment for China, especially with trade. Uh, so let me go to Mr. Hu, who is an expert in this. Mr. Huai, so the Chinese government has taken many initiatives and policies to encourage foreign trade from both the central and provincial government levels. What role do you think the government policies play in terms of boosting trade at this time, and what more can be done? Uh, the two key keywords, um, I, I believe that's the same to the government. Number one, respect. Number two, resilience. Uh, in terms of the respect, we believe actually governments act as both a maker and the executor of foreign trade. And the foreign trade actually has set up, defined the local and global rules and laws. Sometimes these rules conflict with uh, one another, but it is our sincere hope that the two governments can keep the channels of communication open at all levels. Um, deepen the strategic um, mutual trust, resolve the tariff issues, find a compromise on industry uh, subsidies, and finally remove all the investment barriers and export controls that only harm bilateral interests. Also, we believe actually China has continued to upgrade our regulations regarding the trade, um, environmental standards, and the labor standards, and banking and security laws, and have worked tirelessly on building a market-oriented business environment governed by rule of law. Uh, those efforts will continue to contribute to a more open economy, which will promote the cross-border partnership, trade, and investment. When it comes to re uh, resilience, actually, which is the biggest takeaway from the COVID area, uh, we recognize that trade is just one piece of the value chain and the entire economic cycle. Um, resilience at the product and service level, coupled with the uh, commitment to um, collaboration and transparency, um, they are all the key contributors to any successful trade relationship. To that end, we believe actually governments should do more to support economic resilience, especially for our small and medium enterprises or SME, where the most support to enhance resilience is warranted from the government. Let me go to Mr. Yao Xing. Mr. Yao, what would be your piece of advice uh, for a Chinese business that wants to go global now? I think now it is uh, the opportunity for a Chinese company to uh, go abroad because uh, uh, now China has uh, opened uh, restarted international travel. So we especially for the company uh, with the foreign trade business, uh, they can grasp the the opportunity now and to join the, the more the. Uh, trade exhibitions. So, for example, I know uh, now in mainly the local government uh, encourage the uh, the companies to go abroad to attend the international uh, trade exhibition because uh, uh, this year is very critically important for the uh, Chinese uh, exporting companies. For example, in Jiangsu province, the government uh, will arrange 0.7 billion uh, Chinese yuan to support the Chinese for the local 
companies to join the international trade exhibition. So uh, actually, the main task of our organization is uh, to help and organize the uh, Chinese company to join the uh, international trade shows. So the obtain the order is uh, the keywords for the Chinese company, and mm-hmm. because we should to to keep the supply chain security and resilience. So this is my observation. Thank you. In the meantime, we know that China is likewise attempting to attract foreign investment into the country as well. So, Mr. Zhang Ning, what measures do you think that China can take to attract greater foreign investment? I mean, first of all, we need to create a better foreign uh, investment business environment from them, where China has been cutting short its, let's say, neg- negative list of the years. China has been offering a lot of incentives and policies. What more can we do at this time when we are facing a global recession, what can we do to make China the most attractive place for investors? The feature of China's rebound in this year could be a very a positive one, which means uh, that's a relative uh, speaking, China is uh, better than other economies in terms of the investment return, in particular in this year. Uh, but still, there are some long-term uh, concerns over the investment in China, doing business in China, especially look at in the previous several years. Uh, there are some obstacles uh, which has dampened the foreign investment uh, decision in China. For example, there are at least uh, three things. The first one, of course, is so-called access to China's uh, market, which means, you know, the negative list needs to be further narrowed down. And also, uh, uh, I believe, uh, uh, you know, the market access for some uh, local uh, service sectors and even some uh, high-end manufacturing sectors needed to be open further for uh, foreign investors. So that's very important access to China's uh, business opportunities. Foreign investors and uh, the private investors, they need the leveling of a playing field, which means they need to compete fairly with SOEs and they need to get equal access to credit and uh, even for the fiscal policy and the local government policies. So that's very important to restore their confidence. That's the number two. And uh, number three here is uh, uh, further to facilitate their money in and money out. Not only for the FDI, uh, that's a long-term investment for mm-hmm. sure. China has a very, very long experience of uh, encouraging foreign investment in China in manufacturing services. Um, and, uh, but, uh, not, but also for the equity investment and the bond investment in the future because the share of the foreign holding of China's financial market is only, is only around 5%, which is much, much lower than other emerging markets and not, not mentioning some uh, developed economies. So that's why uh, I believe the further encouragement for the portfolio investment into China will be also very important to restore the foreign investor sentiment uh, as a whole. So that's uh, my answer to this question. Thank you very much. And speaking of trade and economic relations, one of the most important trade relationship in the world is the one between China and the United States. Let me go to Mr. Huawei. Mr. Huawei, despite the trade tensions between the two countries over the years, two-way trade still managed to set a new record in year 2022, reaching about 690 billion U.S. dollars. How do you think the two countries can put differences aside and further boost trade cooperation in this year? Um, thank you, Lily. Um, you mentioned that actually, although the trade conflicts, conflicts between the two countries have been going on for over uh, more than 
four years, actually the trade continues to show steady growth. As of 2022, actually China is the third largest trading partner to the states, and also U.S. is also the third largest trading partner of China. So, and also we see actually enormous technological advances in green energy, healthcare, agriculture, telecommunications were all realized through the collaboration between the two sides over the past uh, 40 years. That shows actually how deeply intertwined the two economies have become and how much wealth, savings, and poverty elevation that level of trade has brought to the world. So looking ahead, um, we believe actually the tariffs imposed by the U.S. on China's goods and export control can be removed. No doubt that bilateral trade will, will increase further. With that, American consumers can, can, can continue to enjoy the benefit of low cost and high competitiveness from Chinese product. And American companies can also enjoy the great benefits of China's tremendous market potential. So creating additional trade barriers will only exasperate inflation and volatility in the market and promote exclusivity as opposed to inclusivity. Uh, also, uh, in particular, we believe actually the service sector is um, the one we expect to see the greatest potential for collaboration and market growth between the two sides. After three years of lockdown throughout the world, we, we fully expect a substantial return of Chinese tourism and students to the U.S in the coming years. And also, we would like to see more cooperation in the, area, in the areas of professional uh, services and financial services between the two countries. And also, as uh, Ms. Yao mentioned, actually China's cross-border e-commerce is also another area that can further boost the trade between the two sides. All in all, we believe actually businesses prefer stability as to the markets. Um, we sincerely hope that governments will find a compromise resume high-level dialogue in, and in-person meetings, focus on areas of mutual benefit and seek a healthy and stable bilateral relationship. The two businesses, along with our clients and consumers, together with the rest of the world, expect us to find a common ground from the society's greater good. So that's our expectation. Thank you. Mr. Hu, what would be your piece of advice for a trade company in China that is doing businesses with a, a U.S. partner? According to our understanding, our observations, several maybe recommendations um, for the uh, companies that are looking for opportunities in the U.S. Um, number one, be prepared and well-informed. So we would like to encourage our colleagues to work with fellow companies and um, professional service providers for risk planning and increasing resilience to, to the policy turbulence. Uh, stay updated on the latest development and regulations related to the business and industry between the two sides. And also uh, maintain compliance as a top priority and seek legal support to navigate potential legal challenges while meeting complex regulatory requirements. Number two, stay local while building synergies throughout the global network. We strongly encourage our colleagues to work together with your headquarters to gener generate an optimized localization strategies to better adapt to the U.S. market. Foster your good relationship with local communities to better understand local business and political and economic environment. Last but not least, be proactive in building your strong brand in the local market. Um, you must be transparent in your communication effort and be proactive in sharing your company's stories in the media and on social media. We think the brand building is really another quite important thing if you want to su succeed in the U.S. market.
Well, Thank you. Great advice, I guess. Um, that's something that I guess our audience can take away. <laughs> and also, uh, let me go back to Mr. Yao Xing. Let's talk about uh, the investment environment here. Um, so uh, this is actually when chamber business chambers and councils can play a great role in, you know, in assisting companies and help them to navigate through this time. So in a CCPIT survey, we saw that over 90% of the surveyed foreign companies say that they are satisfied with China's business environment. So what is it that we can do to further help them to boost their confidence to tell them that it is you know, a right business decision to further increase their investment in China. Actually, in the last year, the FDI to China reached uh, the uh, 1.27 uh, trillion Chinese yuan and with a uh, year-on-year growth uh, of uh, over the 6%. And the structure of the foreign investment continue to be optimized. This demonstrates that the foreign capital keeps confidence in the China's development uh, perspectives. From the perspective of the investment sources, we find the South Korea, Germany, and the United Kingdom and the European Union have all increased their investment. So I see those developed economy still have the close ties with China's economy. And the upgrading uh, program of China's manufacturing industry brings enormous value to the global supply chain and that is a great attractiveness to for the foreign capital. A number of the mega projects have started in fields such as electronic, uh, electric vehicles, energy storage, and power supplies. So uh, this could help both the upstream and the downstream companies along the, the supply chain expand their business, making efforts resolved around the industry upgrading, including the bring more scientific and technological outcomes to the entire supply chain, uh, devising the more efficient industry policies and uh, improving the foreign investment services could make the high-end manufacturing more attractive, uh, more attractive for the foreign capitals. The world economy as we know it is about to change. Global business reports highlight emerging markets, developing countries, and dynamic sectors worldwide. We feature top analysts and newsmakers to provide perspectives on every facet of business. From an on-the-ground perspective, we provide you with balanced and objective assessments. Fast, sharp, and insightful. Global Business. Only on CGTN. Let's uh, stay with the topic of improving trade. So the uh, external challenge is here. We all know about it. And what is it that we can do to increase our trade? I mean, we have seen some provincial merchants, they travel in a group abroad to Europe, to other countries, to fight for more export orders. Is this one of the effective measures? And what kind of, what kind of measures do you think is the right dose that we need to take right now? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, you know, the big story here is a global slowdown, which is uh, kind of out of China's control. So we need to face it, and we need to uh, kind of uh, uh, cushion the shock from the external uh, slowdown. So that's why the government may need to do uh, several things. First one, of course, to facilitate the exports, not only for the uh, custom uh, uh, clearing, and also for the businessmen traveling overseas. Mm -hmm. they, they can easily uh, travel 
and uh, they can get the visa very easily and uh, also they could afford the uh, traveling fees uh, together with some uh, may maybe some uh, credit support etc etc so traveling and the communication is very important for businessmen especially in the early stage of the reopening after three year uh, pandemic uh, uh, shock that's the first one and uh, the second one is a uh, government's uh, credit support for the uh, trade you know they may have uh, a very large skill of some some so-called inventory or even future orders so they need credit support to make sure the orders could be delivered even with some fluctuations uh, from the elsewhere so the trade credit is also important with a decent lower cost that's the second one and uh, the third one is that uh, uh, you know uh, they may uh, they could deliver a new forms of uh, the trade platforms, for example, the digital economy, and they can trade online. And also, uh, even they can, uh, they can do some uh, related business with China's uh, advantage in the digitalization, Alibaba, etc. Et so possibly it could be a new so-called uh, uh, high potential area we can develop. So that's the third one. And also the fourth one could be uh, try to expand the new markets with uh, China's uh, uh, quite a strong capacity in production. For example, mm -hmm. the new uh, electric uh, new EVs in European economies, in the emerging markets, etc. Et mm -hmm. So that could be much more helpful. And in particular, with the Belt and Road Initiative, we believe uh, uh, many neighboring countries, and including Africa countries, will uh, the share of uh, their uh, imports from china will be uh, turning up for example last year asean countries actually has been gained more market shares in terms of the uh, uh, imports from china so that's the fourth one so make make more friends find more market and even exporting new products other than previously our low uh, labor intensive etc Mm -hmm. Very detailed explanation. You talked about the needs, uh, not only for companies to going out, but also locally, what kind of support they need to have for those uh, companies that are based on foreign trade businesses. Uh, Mr. Yao, what is your take on this question? So due to the shrinked demand in the major economies, ongoing trade frictions and concerns about supply chain security, China's exports are facing challenges. But this situation, I think, will uh, improve in the coming year. Uh, the first in the long run, the foreign trade company should take uh, the initiatives to upgrade their uh, techniques, establish the competitive advantages and the uh, profit levels, and focus on the improving the customer loyalty and ROI. And in the short term, I think the local government, industry uh, association, Chamber of Commerce and the trade promotion organization can play a leading role in promoting the business communication, supporting the enterprises to participate in exhibitions abroad, and help the enterprises to participate uh, against the export orders. And they could also support the enterprises to build international marketing system and overseas market information networks improve the performance of the, their investment and understanding the overseas market, and therefore improve the operations uh, efficiency. 
and uh, the project including we will organize the business delegation to visit the Asian countries and we were all we were also uh, we were also need uh, we are organize the international e-commerce industry expo uh, international the beauty expo through the such activities we will help the companies to obtain the overseas business information and uh, the international connections and uh, demonstrate the products through the exhibition and finally help them to obtain the orders. Mr. Hu, now with China's full reopening, do you expect that CGCC would have the, uh, well, receiving more, you know, requests from Chinese businesses that are interested in, in doing businesses and get connected with the U.S. market? Definitely, actually, we are, we are seeing that trend, actually. According to our survey last year, actually, 24% uh, of our, our respondents re um, uh, answered that actually they have increased their investment in the U.S., which, is, which has been doubled compared with last year. So we are expecting, especially for the opening up, uh, opening up uh, after the COVID, we believe actually more and more opportunities will be there and more and more Chinese investors or, or market players will, have, uh, will, will play an important role in the Sino-US trade and, and economic relationships. Definitely we are seeing that trend and we, look, we are looking forward to more and more opportunities. My final question goes to Mr. Zhang. Mr. Zhang, what role do you think China's economic rebound in 2023 play in the global economy, which is predicted facing a recession? Mm -hmm. The first one, of course, China is a very big market for the rest of the world. For example, uh, in uh, most of Asian countries, uh, including you know, uh, the ASEAN countries, the Taiwan region, and exactly that, uh, China's uh, uh, their export to China accounted for around 30 percent, 40 percent of their total exports, which is very meaningful for their business, their economy. And number two here is uh, service trading, service uh, uh, trading from China, which means Chinese uh, households, they finally can travel abroad. And if you look at the data. Uh, during the Chinese New Year, seven-day holidays, uh, China's uh, foreign uh, travelers, uh, I mean, traveling overseas, uh, totaled around 1.4 million, which is uh, more than a double from one year ago, but only 20% of the pre-COVID normal level. You can imagine how large the potential could be. Number three here uh, could be the global supply chain. Mm -hmm. So China has been super outstanding in the past few years in terms of resilient supply chain, the decent and flexible capacity in production, etc. Et it will continue. So that will explain a lot. Even with China's uh, strong domestic demand, that will be positive for, for the rest of the world because they are part of China's supply chain. China imports something as a component for China's so-called local production which will be also positive for other economies. Well, thank you so much, gentlemen. I think if we uh, go on talk about these topics, we can go on forever. But that's all the time we have for today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time and great insights. And with that, I'm wrapping up this edition of Econ Talk Kickstart 2023 on CGTN. Thanks for being with us. I'm Lily Lu. Bye for now.